to you. Uh, happy Father's Day to you. And uh, we didn't get into it today. Uh, for those that have pointed out that my beard is very white, just want to say thanks for that. I appreciate that. Uh, and no, it's nothing to do with um, anxiety or anything like that. Uh, it's nothing to do with being a dad either, but that'll be fair enough. Not even anything to do with the fact that Ian Foster's the coach. That hasn't pulled that cause for the whiteness. Because I've been supporting the Warriors since 95, so, you know, I don't know what that's like, so it's not a big point. Uh, what it is, is uh, we did Ancestry DNA, and I'm a direct descendant of St. Nicholas, so, uh, <laughs> so... It's just me getting ready to take my place every December as the, as the Father Christmas, so there you go. So, um, I don't know about your Ancestry DNA links to, but... I definitely believe my needs to sleep with us, so there you go. Hope I'm a test, but I still believe that. Alright, let's get into it today. Matthew 13, verse 47 to 52. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. And when it was filled, they pulled it up on the beach and they sat down and gathered the good into containers, but the bad they threw away. So will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth and remove the wicked from among the righteous. They will throw them into the furnace of fire. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all of these things? That's what he says to the disciples. Have you understood all these things? And they said to him, yes. I think that's the disciples' line, because they have a track record of not understanding anything. Have you understood all of these things? Yes, definitely. <laughs> weeping and gnashing of teeth and angels and end of, do you understand this? Yes, yes. We didn't get much of the other stuff, but that bit there, we totally get that one. I don't think that's true. But anyway, they said yes. Jesus said to them, therefore every teacher who becomes a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like a head of household who brings out of his treasure new things and old. There is a lot happening in that parable. There, there's a lot. There's, there's a nine or a ten week series that you could do just trying to unpack what's going on there. Well, you can fit into one sermon. What I don't want to tackle, in, so in other words, you have to leave more unsaid than can be said. So we'll leave a lot of things unsaid this morning. Uh, what I don't want to tackle this morning is final judgment, the end of the age, gnashing of teeth. Uh, no, not today, it's Father's Day. Uh, no more than that, we actually have tackled all of those things. If you've got our church app, you can go, we've got some series on Revelation, Heaven, Hell, Death, uh, Final Judgment, they're all there. So I don't want to kind of unpack that big can of worms today. Uh, you can do that in your own time. Uh, I will say something. I'll, I'll read one paragraph in regards to that, though. Ultimately, the judgment of God is the final setting right, the reordering and renewal of the cosmos in and under Christ. It is the summing up of all things in Christ who gave his life as a ransom and who in his death and resurrection defeated sin and death. 1 Corinthians 3, 11 to 15 talks of the fire of heaven consuming the wood, hay, and straw of our lives, with the gold, silver, and precious jewels remaining. While some may find their work burned up and suffer loss, they will be saved as one escaping through flames. Uh, another translation says, as escaping through a wall of fire. Uh, however you want to take that, it's metaphorical and it's mysterious. So there's a bunch of metaphor there and historical, uh, metaphor and mystery happening in that, in that passage that we have unpacked before, but we, we won't get into that. But uh, you know it's a metaphor because they're going to burn up and the wood and the hay and the stubble and there'll be just jewels left. Well, 
Obviously, that's not literal. So there's some sort of metaphor happening there. Something, something going on there. Uh, divine judgment is the making of all things new that brings us to Revelation 9 and 10, with every nation, tribe, tongue, culture standing before the throne of Christ. Now there is no more tears or pain or heartache. All has been well, made well. Judgment brings healing and wholeness. And again, it's a mystery. It, it seems that some will ultimately want no part in that healing and wholeness and forgiving and reconciling work of Christ. And there's some sense of a second death and things like that. But I'm not going to unpack that anymore today. We have covered a lot of that stuff, but it, it's worth noting. Last week, we, uh, we looked at the multiple arcs that make up the story of our lives unfolding. Some of them feel like they've come to lovely conclusions. Other of them feel like they started and hit a dead end and you just wonder what was the whole point of living there for two years or working at that job or why did you ever do that course and how come you had that relationship. Nothing like That's just... It's like a story that fell apart and there doesn't seem to be any good or positive conclusion. It is the ultimate arc of our life unfolding as well. Of course, human history is unfolding in a story. The, the entire cosmos is a story that is unfolding over time. The Greek word is telos, the telos of God. Telos talks of, of God's initiative and God's goal and God's intent. The telos of God is is to bring all of the stories, your story, my story, the story of humanity, the story of the cosmos, the story of every tribe and every nation and every culture, that, that God's initiative, God's talos, God's goal, God's work, is to bring all of those stories to a conclusion in Christ, that they'd all be summed up and made whole and renewed in Christ. That Christ is the conclusion that sets the world right and heals and mends. All will be made right, all manner of will be made well. So if we're, if we're looking at arcs of a story, judgment, you could call it the final chapter of the story that then opens up a whole new story, but it's, 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 this, it's this concluding arc to the story where the divine author weaves every thread together uh, that will leave you fist-pumping and high-fiving. The divine author will weave every thread together in a manner that leaves you fist-pumping and high-fiving. You know those novels you get to the end of it, you're like, yes! And then there's other ones you get to end and you're like, are you serious? No! And then you go to get the sequel and the author passed away and you're like, no, again! No, we talked a little bit about that last week. This is not, this, this is not God's story. It does not leave you laying in a Really? That's how it finishes? What a disaster. It's, it's a story that sums up with fist pumping and high five and revelations full of um, marriage supper of the lamb and feastly, uh, feastly images and things like that. It's where the broken, disparate, disconnected, frayed, burned, damaged, and painful threads of our lives, all tangled up like a bird's nest at the moment, are woven in Christ into a tapestry of wonder and beauty. Where tears are wiped away, where wholeness is found. So the, the tangled up story is healed and mended, and frayed strands are woven back together in a way that is beautiful and life one way to talk about your soul, I think, is to talk about your soul as your story and your relationship with your story. Uh, talk about your story, your relationship with your story, and your relationship with the story of God. That's one way of talking about your soul. It's the, what's the, what is at the innermost core of your being? Well, it's not something that you can put under a microphone, uh, microphone under a microscope. 
not saying you can put that under a microscope that's there at the center. What's at the center is the sense of your story and your relationship with your story and then the interconnectedness of your story with the story of Christ. That's kind of what's at the core there. That's the kind of thing that messes us up and makes us whole and gets damaged and needs healing and runs into dead ends and confusions, this whole kind of messed up thing. It's, it's a part of salvation is to have that story healed and mended and restored to be put back together. Which is, of course, a divine thing because we don't even know our own story accurately. Tell me your story. Well, I'll tell you my story the best that I can, but there's bits I don't understand or get or doesn't make sense to you. Well, who can tell your story accurately? Oh, God can tell the story accurately. God, God understands all of the all of the backstories and the future stories, and that He can heal and mend and put back together. A story is being saved, has been saved, is being saved, will be saved, will be put back together. And we do experience healing and wholeness and the rounding off of chapters nicely in the here and now. And then we also experience the not healing and wholeness and rounding off of chapters nicely, like So divine judgment and restoration is the ultimate future reality that invades the here and now in bits and slips and starts, bits and starts, but will be known and full in the age to come, in the light of us. The ultimate, you've heard it said, but I say unto you. We have that right throughout the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus saying things like, you've heard it said, but actually, I say unto you, this, 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 this. You've heard it said, but I say unto you. Oh, you think the kingdom of God is like this? Oh, let me tell you a parable. It's actually like this. It tells this story. Well, I think the divine judgment of God at the end of all times will be the ultimate. You've heard it said. But actually, I say unto you. All right. So this parable of the net is a parable of the kingdom and a parable of judgment. Let's look at the, the kingdom aspect of the, of the parable. And let's do so with your story in mind, our stories in mind, as opposed to the entirety of the cosmos. The first half of the verse there in yellow. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. Most of our, oh, probably all of our English translations, I think, add in the word fish, gathered fish of every kind. Uh, it's not actually in the Greek. Um, you would assume the, the way the Greek works, the way the passage works, the assumption is that it's fish of every kind. But it's kind of conspicuous in its absence fact that the, the Greek word for fish isn't anywhere in the passage. It just says, gathered of every kind. Uh, fish is assumed, but it's conspicuous in its absence. So the type of net is a drag net. Uh, the Greek word's seging, I think. But uh, there's two different types of nets, or there's, there's three different words to do with nets. One's to do with fixing a net, or mending a net, or working on a net. Network, not network like marketing, not that kind of network. Literal network, working on a net. Uh, then there's a throw net that is thrown or dropped down and then pulled up. But then you have this drag net that uh, two boats could, could put a big one between two boats, corks on the top to make it float, sinkers on the bottom, weights on the, on the bottom of it to drag it down. Or two men could walk one through the ocean, a smaller one kind of thing. It's this drag net that just is, it, it is just pulled through the ocean. Uh, indiscriminately, it would gather of all kinds. All kinds of fish, certainly all kinds of fish, but all ki kinds of things. Floats in, floating wreckage or debris from wrecked ships, uh, which is different to jetsam. We 
you didn't know that. Rubbish or junk or cardboard thrown over. Flotsam and jetsam, not the same thing. Uh, but it would gather and pick up those kinds of things. Pick up seaweed, pick up driftwood, pick up broken cray pots or whatever it is there. This, this net dra is dragged through the ocean and it indiscriminately gathers things of all kind. Bottle with a treasure map in it, hopefully. The good, the bad, the indifferent is gathered into this net. Last Sunday we looked at the parable of the yeast and the dough, and then we, we concluded that the kingdom of God is baked into everything. And that little line, baked into everything, that works really well with uh, a parable about yeast and dough and things like that. The kingdom of God's baked into everything. Uh, the turn of phrase isn't quite as applicable here, but what, what we've got here is the, the antithesis in one sense. You could say there's all kinds of things baked into the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God's baked into everything, and now we've got there are all kinds of things baked into the kingdom of God. There's all kinds of things that have been gathered in and swept into this net that is a picture of the kingdom of God. Because it's the net with its contents that represents the kingdom in the world. It's the net in the water <coughs> being dragged through the water, gathering things of every kind that represents the kingdom in the world moving through the world, gathering things of every kind. It does so indiscriminately. The pulling of the net onto the beach is the eschatological event, the future event. The present, the yeast is throughout the day, is throughout the dough, but eventually will be baked into delicious bread. At present, the net has been dragged through the ocean, but eventually will be pulled onto the sorting that takes place. But what we see is that neither the net as it makes through its way through the sea or the sea or the kingdom as it makes through the world can be said to reject anything. Pulling in, drawing in, including, embracing, indiscriminately. All sorts of things tangled up together. All sorts of things all tangled up together. A couple of weeks ago the parable we looked at, the parable of the wheat and the weeds. Farmer goes out and sows wheat. But then in the middle of the night someone, like they must be the modern day version of graffiti. Um, which my friends have had out there building recently. But uh, the modern day version of graffiti. So the, the farmer goes out and sows wheat all through the field. In the middle of the night. Um, probably teenage boys, because that's, you know, let's aim graffiti at teenage boys. It wasn't likely a middle-aged woman, if I'm honest. So, teenage boys. <laughs> Out in the field, throwing seeds, I throw wheat seeds in with the wheat. It's like, ha ah, ha, graffiti, there's my tag, or whatever it is. In the morning, the workers are stressed about this. We've got, we've got seed and a uh, seed of wheat and the seed of weeds all kind of planted together. Like, should we go and we need to go and pluck them up, pull it out? The farmer's like, no, you can't, because if you pull out the weeds, you'll very likely dislodge and damage and pull out the wheat. We've got this picture of the kingdom that's all tangled up together, a mixed bag of all sorts of things. Like that, just don't leave it as it is. In the age to come, in the judgment and the healing and the restoring and the mending and the divine, you've heard it said, but I sound to all sort all of those things out. But for now, in this moment, it's all tangled up together. All tangled up together. Wait until the fullness of time before you judge and pull apart. So the kingdom of God's baked into your story, 
That was last week. The kingdom of God's baked into the story. This week, though, there's all sorts of other things, too, that have been gathered into the story. All tangled up together. What's tangled up is a couple of the Greek words that are, that are in the good things are tangled up, the kalos, the good in the sense of uh, beautiful, fine, fair, desired. Um, there's, there's agathos, which is good in the sense of, moral, of a moral sense. This is more a sense of it's, it's beautiful and it's, and it's uh, fine and it's, and it's desired. It's what, it's what you want to have present. It's gathered in. And then the bad is sapros, which is bad or rotten or decayed or unwholesome or uh, not fit for pur purpose. Uh, corrupt, but corrupt like a computer file that is corrupt. It's not, it's not that a computer file is evil necessarily, it's like, well, sometimes they feel like they're evil. <laughs> it's just corrupt, it's not, it's damaged, it's not working, it's not, it's not, this is not desired, it's not what it was intended for. So this is the sorting between the, the good and the bad, the, the beautiful and the desired, the unwholesome, the not fit for purpose. Kakos is bad, Paneris is evil or wicked. So there's all these other words, there's words for lawlessness that could have been used, but it's the good in the sense of the desired and the beautiful and the, the bad in the sense of the undesired, not beautiful, not fit for purpose, not what we were trying to get. Well, your story and my story, they're, they're a tangled up mess of the good, the bad and the ugly. The desired and the beautiful and the wholesome and that which we were looking for and the corrupt and decayed and didn't want that and that's not fit for purpose and what are we going to do about that? The whole human experience is a tangled up mess. This whole human experience is a tangled up mess of all sorts of things. Our stories. The kingdom of God baked into it. Our stories gathered in all sorts of flotsam and jetsam and junk along the way. I wish we could just magically sort that all out. The journey of discipleship does sort that out, but ultimately, not till it's ultimately sorted out. We cultivate wisdom, we invite the Holy Spirit to cultivate good fruit in our lives. And yeah, it's always a mixed, a mixed bag of other stuff as well. It's what it is to be human. So we should sin more than more, that grace could abound. That's not what Paul says. No, 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 you don't sin all the more that grace could abound. You know, but, it, but life's a mixed bag. We should learn to be gracious and kind to one another. Because the one another's that we bump into, man, they're going to have the kingdom of God baked into them. All sorts of ways. Man, and those, other, those, those one another's that you bump into with the kingdom of God baked into the whole thing, they're going to have some other stuff tangled up in that as well. Yeah. So be gracious and kind to them. And he'll be gracious and kind to them. To ourselves, to our neighbour, be gracious and kind. It's messy and complicated. It's a joy and a heartache. It's a gift and a burden. We shouldn't be so quick to judge as we try to make sense of our story or to make sense of other people's stories. Paying attention to the story is important. Last week I mentioned that the, the genre of your story and my story, I was hoping as a 17, 18 year old that it would be a thriller and an adventure and an action. I talked last week about I've never climbed through a lift, um, never been stuck in quicksand, never had Lisa run across an airport to leap into my arms. So it's very disappointing in my life in terms of the, 
what I was expecting in terms of the action-adventure thriller. It's a love story, ultimately, but it's a love story of the story of God and of learning to love well. So when you're trying to make sense of the story, and there's a little chapter or an arc, the filter that you run through is not, how was that exciting? It probably wasn't. How is that teaching you to love well? Oh, yeah, actually, might, there might be some stuff in there of how you're learning to love well. How is that a beautiful, romantic conclusion in an airport? It's like, it wasn't, but maybe it was teaching you to love well and to love yourself and to love others. And there's, there's different kinds of things. So that, that'll help make sense of some of the story and some of the mystery and the confusion and the heartache. It will help a bit. Beyond that, though, it's, it's, it's a mystery. And we're not as fit to judge as we might suppose. Because the options are you and I judging. So there's you and I judging our story and uh, the person next to your story. story. The option is you and I judging that. Or God, who is infinite loving kindness, the ultimate creative and ultimate redeemer of creation. That's the option for the judging of the story. You and I, or God, who is infinite loving kindness, the ultimate creative, who is also the redeemer of all creation. Who do you want to? Have judged that story. Oh, right. Yeah, God judged the story rather than me. I put in the net. Snapper! Woohoo! Lots of big snapper. Outstanding. And I fillet them and I do a pretty good job because I fillet a lot of snapper. And then I've got these fish heads. Well, they're useless, so I've got to throw them out. And then Sepha's like, What are you doing throwing the fish heads out? They're the best part. Sepha's not really paying attention. He's on Facebook, but he's in the sermon now. <laughs> so I remember Sepha. I was like, oh yeah. Sepha always wants the, the fishies. <laughs> Car away. Nah. Rubbish. I'm after snapper. Throw them away. Romeo's like, what do you not? We need two car away for bait, and we need four car away. Two of them I'm going to um, smoke, and the other two I'm going to make some meat. They're the best. It's like, okay, sorry, Romeo. Piper and yellow eyed mullet, they're just stupid little fish that get in the way. My friend Aaron's like, we that's bait, you know, that's free bait. Like, what are you doing throwing that away? That's free bait. Grab that. I'll make burly out of that and we'll make bait out of it. Driftwood, very annoying. I want to throw that away. But then Andrew's like, have you noticed the shape of that piece of driftwood? It's almost a dolphin diving out of the ocean. What? Oh, it kind of is. She wants the piece of driftwood because she's going to turn it into a piece of art and put it on her. There's an old tin can. It's like, ah, oh, at least we can agree on the old tin can. Let's throw that away. Then someone notices, no, there's a little bit of the label still on it. It's still sealed. That's, that's Russian caviar. It's been in the sea for like 90 years. That's a delicacy. Don't throw this. Like, oh, man. I was just going to fill up the snapper and hoof the rest of the way. But, but different people have different insight and see things from a different angle and are more creative and, 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 are, and are telling a different story. Like, don't, no, no. That's good. That's beautiful. That's redeemable. Grab, don't get rid of that. Hold on to that. Well, who do you want judging the story? Me, who wants the snapper claws? You, who wanted the driftwood? Well, God, who is the ultimate creator of infinite loving kindness that sees possibility in all sorts of things? Joseph in Genesis 50 talks to his brothers and says, As for you, you intended it for evil, but God intended it for good. Okay, God's the ultimate concluder of that story rather than the brothers. Gideon and Judges 6, I'm the least in my family, 
My family is the least in our tribe. Our tribe is the least of all the tribes. I can't, I can't do anything. So I was like, no, you, you, you'll be fine. You, you, you can do it. Because Samuel, man's looking at the outward appearance, but God's looking at the heart. Joel 2 talks about God restoring the years that the locusts lived. Oh, that story, that was just a waste of time. I should never have moved there for three years or done that. That was the worst three years of my life. It's like, yeah, hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. That story's not over yet. You judge that quickly. You, you don't know what God could do or bring out or, or make happen in that story. Romans 8, 28, God works in all things for the good of those that love him. John 1, 46, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Can any good thing come out of Tokoroa? I don't know Tokoroa is the and if you're from Tokoroa, can anything good come out of Martua? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I love having a go at Martua. She had it. It's like Florida, they drive slow and sit low. <laughs> <laughs> what's good? What's bad? What's ugly? What's significant? What's going to be fruitful down the track? Well, ultimately, it's in the eye of the beholder. It's in the eye of the beholder. Well, who do you want the beholder and the judge to be? Me? You? Your spouse? Your boss? Or do you want the beholder and the judge to be the one that is the author and the perfecter of our faith? Infinite loving kindness, the creator of all things, the redeemer of all creation. I like those eyes. Like that perspective to be the one that is judging. So we experience life so often. The kingdom of God baked into everything and yet a tangled up mess of the good, the bad, and the ugly all at the same time. So go easy on yourself. Go easy on others. Live in hope and confidence. Live in hope and confidence. One of the encouragements from this parable is that people would but also live in mystery and confusion as well. I'm a navigator and a course plotter and a strategist and all my strength finder things are like around the corner and how we're going to get there and what might that look like and how we could make that better. It's awesome when you can do that. Then you have two and a half years of COVID where you know, charting a course, you just give up after a week kind of thing. It doesn't I'm glad that God is the ultimate navigator and course charter and plotter. Leads us. So sometimes even though you like to have the hope and the confidence and the map, the map, like to have the map, sometimes you have to have the darkness and the mystery and the confusion. But you're trusting God that He can make something beautiful out of your life. That's a classic story, but driving to Auckland at night time. You hop into your car at your house, you turn the lights on. You can only see about 300 metres down the road. It's like, I've got to get all the way to Auckland. I can only see 300 metres. What a waste of time this is. It's a 220 kilometre truck. It's like, uh, you do know if you just drive 300 metres, you'll see another 300 metres. And if you drive that, you'll see the net. Oh, okay. I'd like to have the bird's eye view on the story of my life and the 
the story of Tauranga and the story of the All Blacks and the Warriors and to know when we will win that grand final. Because then you can sit up there and you can like, oh, it's all good. You know, I know how the story ends. It doesn't work like that. No, you've got to live the story. And live the tangled ups. We sing that song, All My Confusion. He understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. But he made something beautiful out of nothing. Because where you see a stick that's annoying, he sees a dolphin diving out of the ocean and you can make a piece of art out of it. You see that? It's part of the great hope that we have in Christ. In the age to come, of course, and we've been aiming it towards that, but that, that, that would break out in the here and now as well. That the judgment of God would, would seep into the here and now. Because the kingdom of God is something that's here and now, but it's kind of not yet as well. The net's been dragged through, there's yeast in the dough, but bread hasn't been baked and it hasn't been sought, but every now and then there's these moments of insight and delight that have to untangle a piece of the story. And that, that's good and proper and delightful, but the rest is a mystery. It ain't over until it's over, and when it is over, it isn't even over. It isn't even over. We're going to say to the angel of Revelation 16, you are just in these judgments, O Holy One. Lord God Almighty, true and just are your judgments. One who is infinite, loving kindness to and through all forever. All right, let's stand for closing prayer this morning. We'll finish early so that the dads can have half an hour without the kids. To, no, no, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> As you go this morning, know that in Christ the broken, disparate, Disconnected, frayed, burnt, damaged, and painful threads of your life. Tangled in a mess right now. Will be healed and mended and tied off. Woven by infinite loving kindness into a tapestry of wonder and beauty. <coughs> where tears are wiped away and wholeness is found. Where all is made well, where all manner of things are made well. There will be no more crying or pain. So as you go this morning, on the love and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Hey, grace and peace to you, my brothers and sisters. Enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy tea and coffee. And enjoy collecting your kids. <laughs>